Father, thank you for who you are. Thank you for what you've done in our lives and the opportunity that we have to look around us and see a bit of you and everything that you have created. Lord, thank you for that. I pray that we would continue to do your will, that we would study your word today and be encouraged in heart and in mind and continue to to reach out uh, for those things that you've planned in advance for us to do. Lord, that you would allow us to see more clearly today that you have placed us in this moment, in this place, and in this time. Lord, it's part of your process. In Jesus' name, amen. We've been working through a series, and it's a lot of topics, a lot of things that we want to talk about. I want to remind you guys again that that if you have some things that you would like us to kind of shed some light on, what does the Bible say about? Just email us, text us, do something, you know, hand me a note after church, whatever. Uh, we're adding those things to the list and continue to think about them. You know, whatever we think matters. What we think about these subjects matters. And, and a couple of weeks ago, uh, I talked about suffering. And suffering is a topic that you could explore for a long period of time. One Sunday probably didn't do it justice, but the idea was that that you have to have suffering to appreciate those times when you are moving forward, that it's part of life. And, And so I thought, I better do a second run at some of this stuff because it's a mindset. And so what you think about today is process. How do you process life? How do you process suffering? How do you process all the things that happen inside of you? And and how does that fit into how you view the world every day? It's kind of a reset in the middle of what we've been talking about here because there is a a process behind preparing these messages, right? It helps us to understand how we're doing things and, and why we're doing things, not just what. Today is going to be a little more practically minded based on the fact that we talked a lot about suffering a couple of weeks ago, and I said that we basically have a choice, and at some point inside of suffering, if you've been there, you know that there comes a place where you have to choose. You have to choose whether you're going to continue to descend into the despair of your circumstances. Or, you can ascend to hope. At some point, you know that you're faced with some of those thoughts and those questions. And if you've been through a trying time in your life, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Today, I want to be a little more practical. As we looked at it last time, we looked at Romans chapter 5, 1 through 6, and we talked about how this would apply. And I want to broaden it to more of life's purposes a bit. Because these passages, this, these verses mean so much inside of this. And, and so Romans chapter 5, verses 1 through 6. Therefore, since we have been made right in God's sight by faith. And this is the New Living Translation because I wanted to change it up a little bit because of some of the wording. We have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ our Lord has done for us. Because of our faith, Christ has brought us into this place of undeserved privilege where we now stand. 
and we confidently and joyfully look forward to sharing God's glory. We can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials, for we know that they help us develop endurance. And endurance develops strength of character, and character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. And this hope will not lead to disappointment. For we know how dearly God loved us because He has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with love. And when we were utterly helpless, Christ came at just the right time and died for us sinners. When you put it into perspective and you start there, the process of understanding things. When you make that choice to either continue to descend into the circumstance or ascend into the hope, the confident hope of your salvation. What is it that you grab onto? What is it that helps? What is it that you have locked into to help figure out a way out? For me, the product has already been secured. See, we think about being a product and we're trying to get to the end result, right? That's what we want. Just give me the bottom line. Well, the bottom line is our confident hope in salvation. Salvation's been secured because just at the right time, Christ died for us. That product is not in doubt. What we do with it every day and how we then apply it to the process of life is what we control. So even inside of our sufferings, what you grab onto is that thing that has already been produced. It's been secured. Jesus did that. If you have put your faith in Christ, then hope is there to be held on to. The choice to ascend will start in your confident hope of salvation. To know that this world is not the end. It's a difficult thing to process. Just talked to Doris. She's had a couple of passings in her family. Just this past week, I I was supposed to be here last Sunday and my uncle fell off a roof on Sunday morning and and he's, he's rehabbing now, but at the moment, we didn't know. I got a call on Monday night that a man 42 years old that I I led an Operation Barnabas team, a ministry team for the summer. Ben Lepore was on this team. Missed a step in the barn and he's with Jesus. That's that's the reality, folks, right? And and it's, it's not supposed to be shocking or stunning. That's not why I do it. But we need to understand that, that you need to get right and understand that the product is secure. That Jesus has already done it. I wrote something here because it helps me. Process process is an opportunity to show others what we truly believe. 
How you live your life, how you process life, how you take your circumstances and turn them and allow them to affect you reveals to others what you truly believe. That doesn't mean that that when someone passes away, I'm always joyful. I can grieve. There's There's no shame in that. But we don't grieve as those who have no hope. There is a difference in the way I grieve and process. I grieve the relationship and and the time that I spend with those folks and the things that I miss, the lunches that I used to have with Norris Mason. They're gone. But I'll tell you what, there's a man sitting in the back row who did the funeral that day, Don Rao. And I will never forget, because Norris came to know Jesus Christ under Pastor Rao's ministry here in Johnstown. Pastor Rao did his funeral last fall. And I remember the resounding thump of him hitting the pulpit and saying, Norris, you beat me. Because he gets it. He gets it. That cemented something in my mind that I needed. Because there's a process to this that we don't always understand. How we process the Scriptures matters too. And so I'm going to use a passage today that we struggle to process sometimes in our culture. But I want to put it inside of the process of how God sees things. Because the process is an opportunity to show others what we truly believe. And so I'm going to look at Jeremiah chapter 29. Okay? Jeremiah chapter 29. And if you have been in any Christian bookstore, you'll know one verse from this chapter. Right? You'll know verse 11. And I'm going to start there and I'm going to work backwards because I'll I'll bet a lot of us really haven't read the full chapter of Jeremiah 29. And there's a lot more in there than just verse 11 that helps us process how things happen in our lives. Verse 11, just so you bring it back to your mind. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plan to give you a hope and a future. All of that is true. All of that is true of God's character. I'll start there because I don't want to misrepresent God. That is true of His nature. That is true of His nature, but not always of our patience. Always true of His nature. But yet, just at the right time, Christ died for us as sinners. There is a timing that sometimes we don't always understand. When you take the Bible in its totality, and we have the benefit of thousands of years of seeing life unfold. 
we have the opportunity to take even this verse and see what God was really doing. As you work backwards, as you work backwards, Almighty, the God of Israel, says, Do not let the prophets and diviners among you deceive you. Do not listen to the dreams you encourage them to have. They are prophesying lies to you which are in my name. I have not sent them, declares the Lord. This is what the Lord says. When 70 years are completed for Babylon, I will come to you and I will fulfill my good promise to bring you back to this place. When 70 years are completed for Babylon, I will come to you and fulfill my good promise and bring you back to this place. Then, for I know the plans I have for you. I am not going to be alive in 70 years. Very slim chance of that, right? When you put this verse into the rest of the chapter, it changes how you process your current circumstance. I could spend all day claiming verse 11 saying, I know that He has a plan and tomorrow it's going to be better. Tomorrow might not be the end of the 70 years, buddy. I don't want to tell you. It doesn't make it not true of God's character. It's true of the process. We know that this happened. We know what happened. That there is a nation state called Israel, right? We know some of these things that unfolded after this was written. We can go back and show you how the process unfolded. It doesn't change God's character because He decided to do it over a 70-year span as opposed to a one-year span. He's still true. But how we process even the Word of God when we pull out one thing that we want to make it apply to our current circumstances, we need to be careful. Because it needs to fit into the process. (laughs) The process that has been around since the creation of our world. As we started in Genesis even with this series, right? What we think about our life today needs to fit into something that is much larger and deeper than us. That perspective will get you through a lot of rough days. That perspective will minimize the effects of the ups and downs in your life even. It has a great effect when you realize I'm part of a process and and I'm going to do my best today to show others what I truly believe. Back up a little more. And this is where it starts to get practical because this is all, and I'll read all of this at the very end and it'll make a lot more sense when you hear it all in one sentence. But this is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel, says to those I carried into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. 
Build houses and settle down. Plant gardens and eat what they produce. Marry and have sons and daughters. Find wives for your sons and give your daughters in marriage so that they too may have sons and daughters. Increase in number there. Do not decrease. Also, seek the peace and prosperity of the city to which I have carried you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it. Because if it prospers, you too will prosper. Yes, this is what the Lord Almighty says. Carry yourself off to a foreign country and God says, build a house. Settle in. Get married. Have children. Build a life with what I'm giving you. It's not easy. Unless you believe that you are where God wants you. If you believe that you are where God wants you and you stop fighting to get somewhere else, then it makes sense. Wait, I got up this morning. I can continue to love my family. I can continue to love the city in which I live. Because the blessing that I am to the city, the process, the way in which I introduce my beliefs to the city may help it prosper. And if it prospers, guess what? Then I prosper. Because I live in a city that is full of prosperity and good things and encouragement. Because then that next phrase, right? Do not let the prophets and the diviners, those among you telling you dreams that, that you encourage them to have, right? Because the diviners are only going to listen to the will of people a lot of times. They're going to tell you what you want to hear. Or you're going to stop listening to them. <laughs> if they want popularity on social media, if they want follows, they're going to tell you what you want to hear. That's the way it works. They get paid to tell you what you want to hear. Social media influence is real. It's a huge market. Yet, Jeremiah fought it here in Babylon. There were those among them that were telling them things they wanted to hear. They were encouraging them to have dreams about us getting out of captivity. God says, that's not the plan I have. Settle down. Build houses. Invest where you are. Appreciate the fact that I've given you a place. Process the world the way I see it. Build houses. Eat the fruit that you produce. Eat the vegetables that grow in your garden. Don't, don't listen to the dreams of people that you encourage them to have. 
They are prophesying lies to you in my name, and I have not sent them. This is what the Lord says, when 70 years are completed for Babylon, I will come to you. It is a faithful promise from God. But it's going to take time. And it's going to take faith. It's going to take willingness to process your world differently. To believe what God says when it doesn't happen next week. Not to change who you're listening to based upon your mood. (laughs) And then, for I... Know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. And then you will call on me and come and pray to me. And I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all of your heart. Another piece that gets left out. I will be found by you, declares the Lord, and will bring you back from captivity. And I will gather you from all the nations and places where I banished you, declares the Lord, and will bring you back to the places from which I carried you into exile. He is speaking this to the nation of Israel and the Jewish people. And guess what? There was this thing called the diaspora, if you do any historical study. And they were banished all around the world. And guess what God has begun to do? He's created a place at the end of World War II, basically, as we redrew lines where those people have begun to return. It took a lot longer than 70 years for the end of this promise to really come true. But God's promise was true and right and proved correct throughout history. You're going to process your life. You need to process it in the manner of your entire lifetime is is what I would say. Spans of time will go very quickly. Anyone who has has had children will tell you (laughs) it happens very rapidly. Benchmark to benchmark to benchmark. Even those of you that are just about to get married, right? You've probably just finished high school and then somebody's asking you, what are you going to do in college? What are you going to graduate with? What are you going to do after college? When are you getting married? When are you having kids, right? Everybody is always pushing to know what the future is. And if you're not careful in how you process it, you will only care about what the future is and you will never be happy where you are. You will never understand that where you are is where God has you. Right now. And how you process your day will determine 
how you show other people what you truly believe. If you spend all day belly aching to folks about how bad things are today and that one day it'll be better, they know what you truly believe. What if each day we believed we were supposed to be there and we stopped being restless? Each day. And this is something that I have to think about. This isn't just for you guys. Understand, when I read this stuff, <laughs> i got to figure out how it applies to me too. And, and, and I've got to wrestle with this stuff all week. you only got to sit here for like a half an hour. This stuff's been beating me up for a while. I don't sit still well. I don't like to be home all day without a plan. I'm an introvert, so I love quiet and peace, but yet that doesn't mean lack of, of, of effort or doing things. And unfortunately, most of it's inside of my own head. <laughs> Several lively conversations going on in there all day long. (laughs) What if each day we treated it as if this is where we were supposed to be? And we stopped being so restless, appreciated where we were for the moment, and allowed God to lead us into the next moment. That's what I read when I read this passage in Jeremiah 29. He says, I have a plan for you. Yes, it is to prosper you. Next generation, I'll come back and I'll take your kids and your grandkids out of this captivity. But for now, enjoy the life and the position that I've given you. Build homes. Plant gardens, have kids, get married, pray for the place that you live. It's not lost on me that just this week, a couple folks in this room were working on a video to send in for our hometown, right? I think Winber did the same thing. Because there's people that do care about the place where you live. I want to make sure that we care about the place that we live like God does. That we care not just about storefronts and and the beautification processes and and the redistribution of, of some of the beautiful things that used to happen here. But what about the eternity of the people that live here? What about their kids and their grandkids? How will they be affected by the way in which you process every day? That's what I read when I read this. Very practically minded. Go home. Love your family well. 
Appreciate what you have where you are. And do it in such a way that you're bringing glory to me. Paul sums it up a little differently as he has found a group of people in the, in the church at Philippi. He believes that God can use people who believe in the process. People that buy in. Paul figured that out. That he would go to these places and plant these churches and he would collect people that buy into what God was doing and he changed the world through that. Paul planted these churches because he found people that did exactly that. That they embraced where they were in the moment and they said, I'm going to pray for my city. I'm going to pray for my neighbors. I'm going to spend time in their lives and I'm going to buy into what you're saying, Paul, right here in Philippi, right here in Corinth, right here in Ephesus. And all those churches thrived because of that. And he says to them at the beginning of the letter in Philippians, I thank my God every time I remember you. In all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the Gospel from the first day until now. And being confident of this, that He who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. That right there sums it up, doesn't it? That God knew from the beginning of time what was going to happen in that place called Philippi and that Paul would be there and be thankful for a group of believers that bought in and and settled in Philippi, raised their families, worked with Paul, and understood the joy of their salvation. That it was all going to work out Because the one who began it was faithful. God. The one who began it was faithful. And I'm pretty thankful that this work doesn't rely on my faithfulness. Because there are times when I'm just as frustrated as everybody else. When I have snow blown my driveway and I walk out and it's covered again, I'm like, come on. Being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. How you process life is an opportunity to share with others what you really believe. What you think about the process matters. Who you think is in charge of the process matters. And then what you do with the process every day matters. It demonstrates you following somebody that has a plan and a process. Somebody that wants to prosper you and not to harm you. And living out that hope by you appreciating what He's already done today 
that will demonstrate it more clearly than anything. Because we all have a lot to be thankful for. Father, I thank You for Your Word. How it seamlessly brings these things together. That we know from the beginning of time as You began all of creation, that You saw all of these things unfold before You. Lord, I pray that You would give us strength, give us courage, give us peace. (laughs) That we would be content, Father. That we would find that place in our hearts where we truly believe that You love us and that what is happening today is part of the process that will ultimately reveal Your character to the generations. Thank You, Father, for loving us. In Jesus' name, amen.